particularly as mums, it's not like, you know, back in the day, Liv, where every other weekend we're like, what are we doing Thursday night? What are we doing Friday night? What are we doing Saturday night? <laughs> and it's just like on repeat, right? Like, so, And that kept you going. Now you wait six, eight weeks for that one social thing that's like a little bit next level, like staying the night away or something. And you so look forward to it that it often gets you through the week, you know, like, can you relate to that? Completely, (laughs) completely. And, you know, it's just this constant fear, right? That COVID's just going to come along and ruin all of our good, well-deserved plans. Like, go away now, mate. Go away. (laughs) We've had enough. Hello and welcome to Mum Life, a podcast for ambitious mums navigating the sweet and messy journey of motherhood. I'm Leonie Akidanor, and each week I will bring you conversations with mums and parenting experts about the highs and lows of motherhood and tips to make our lives that little bit easier. Hi everyone, I hope you've had a good week. I'm changing it up this week and I'm bringing one of my best friends, Liv, onto the podcast and we're talking all things life in lockdown with two under two in Melbourne. We're unfortunately still in lockdown and I just thought it'd be good to have actually, quite frankly, a good catch up with Liv because we'd been meaning to do that for a while. And then I thought, hey, let's just hit record on our chats and, you know, send it out to the world and see if anyone else wants to listen in. So that's what we've done. I hope you enjoy it. Let's go straight to the conversation. Okay, so we are on. Liv, thank you for joining us. It only took us oh 31 minutes to get our technology story straight. Story we got of our lives. <laughs> what battlers. <laughs> so Liv, how the hell are you? I am better today, I've got to say. Better than Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week uh, when I was taken down by that bastard called mastitis. I mean, you what told me happened? it was something that oh. I never wanted to get and I got it and it was worse oh. than I ever could have imagined. I do not wish yeah. it upon anyone. If anyone oh ever thinks God, that they're getting it, get to the doctor, get to a uh, yeah. woman's <laughs> physio, ultrasound specialist, anyone just to stop the onset yeah. of this thing. It is an absolute shocker. Oh, my gosh. So talk me through it. What was your week like leading up to that? Oh, the usual chaos, right? You know, what are we halfway through (laughs) lockdown, work, mum, life, juggle, you know, Harry's four months old. We've got Tommy who's two, coming on two and a half. Um, Probably been pushing things a bit too hard. I reckon this is my body Mm. saying you just need to hold up, girl. Uh, Mm. But, you know, having said that, it came on really suddenly in the morning in fact, I was in a meeting at three o'clock. By four o'clock, I was on the couch in the fetal position, shivering and with a fever of 39. Like really? within an hour, my world was turned upside down. And by five o'clock, wow. thank goodness, I had antibiotics. So um, I didn't have much time Jeez. to look at other interventions like I would have liked to, yeah. like physio or, um, yeah, some of the other natural remedies. But uh yeah, luckily within 24 hours I was back on my feet but certainly spent a bit of time in bed, which was actually nice. I think I said to you at yeah. one point, Lisa, I don't have to do the feed bath routine tonight. Yes, <laughs> yes. So what happened then? Because obviously like is it 
that you weren't feeding as regularly? Because it's obviously a blockage, yeah? Or what happened? Oh, I have no idea. I, I can't mm. think of any change to our routine. Yeah. Harry yeah. has been full health. I, I honestly, mm. I'm totally perplexed by it. Don't know. Just yeah, a that's... freak, freak, yeah, <laughs> yeah incident that's... in our in our life. Maybe I've been that's pumping so more because I've returned to work. Yeah. So yeah. maybe I'm not clearing or emptying my breast as well as I should. That's probably one thing that's popped mm. into my mind. But having said that, I hadn't yeah. pumped probably in the three days leading up to the mastitis. So Is who knows? Right? I honestly just think yeah. it's the universe saying you need to slow down. Yeah. I'm taking it as a I remember when I... I remember when I got it um, that one time and I told you I felt like I was dying. I remember it was, it was stress. It was trying to, it was yeah. actually lockdown at the time as well. It was wrangling the toddler. It was, you know, and, yeah. and probably not feeding. I don't know. Yeah, I don't necessarily know what was going on the, with the feeding schedule per se, but you're right. I think for me it was a very stressful circumstance as well. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how your body just kind of goes, yeah, hold up. We're not, we're not into this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, just rest, 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 which is what yeah, they say is yeah. the best thing to yeah get on top of mastitis is to just breathe yeah. and sleep. So yeah, I'm feeling good I now feel, after doing a few days good. of that. <laughs> yeah, it's such a reminder, isn't it? And I think with lockdown, and actually one of the questions that came through is like what are the restrictions for lockdown? So maybe we should just sort of clear that up yeah, to begin with. So, yeah. Let's let's run through that. Let's tell the people. So all of the mums in Melbourne are like, oh, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got a lot of Sydney listeners as well. So they're running free and just enjoying their lives. So uh, basically we've got the five reasons that you could leave your house. And so it's like to go shopping and if you're an essential worker and to exercise and, you know, for like in our case, taking our kids to childcare and stuff, medical reasons and things like that. So, oh, and to get a COVID vaccination. So I'm pretty fortunate because I'm obviously in property, in construction and development. Our industry is still ticking along and we're allowed to be on building sites. So that's like my thing at the moment. I'm literally like, I've had enough of all of you at home. I'm going to the site. So I like just get in my car and I just feel you so, so privileged lucky. to be able to like go out to a, a dirty construction site and hang out with with the boys, you know, <laughs> so, and then it's like my reprieve. So tell me, because obviously you're in the corporate environment, very demanding job. Um, so everyone listening lives heads up HR at a law firm and, and it's a national company. So you've got a very demanding job. How, and you're obviously operating from home. You've got little Harry, like how is, how are you doing all of that? I ask that question of myself often, but like, like with anything, you just do it, don't you? Like, mm. how, how do we do it? I don't know. I've got a really great support network. Like, many of us need to yeah. to be able to achieve this, and obviously, caregiving is still something that's permitted. So, Mum yeah. is thankfully, you know, was within the five k radius. Thankfully, now ten. Um, so she's been able to pop in, you know, when I've got a key meeting that I can't have little Harry's bobblehead uh, pop up onto the screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, thankfully work is really great. And that's something that's changed probably in the last 12 months with 
you know, COVID is that workplaces have had to adapt and accept that there's a six-year-old homeschooling next to their mum or their dad or babies at home or whatever it might be, you know, you've got to be much more flexible and family friendly. Um, but yeah, it's a juggle and it, it's hard, but you just got to do what you can. And, you know, that's kind of what I live, <laughs> what I live each day by, <laughs> survival. <laughs> Totally. Day by day, minute by minute. I mean, look, as you said, we're lucky that childcare is open and I really feel for those families who do have to homeschool. I just sit there going, how are you doing your job and then able to homeschool at the same time? I mean, live with your um, profession and like in HR, you deal with people all the time within your organisation. What are you noticing as far as that juggle goes? Like we have said to people, you know, there are 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. Sure, I don't want people working at three or four in the morning, but there are some that are just choosing to work whenever it suits them to work. So if it means that they have to parent and homeschool between the hours of nine and three or nine and five or whatever it's going to be and not be interrupted by work, then they will choose to do that. That's not for everyone. It's only a very small um, minority, but um, there's certainly an understanding that everyone is doing the absolute best they can to meet their work demands Mm. and their family commitments. Um, And, you know, workplace and particularly our workplace is certainly, you know, really supportive and accepting of that. Mm, Um, So, yeah, everyone's doing the best that they can and, you know, many are feeling broken by it. Yeah, and it's it's really, really, really hard um, to see. Yeah. That was actually a question that came through as well from our audience. Like how is your, like, mental health? How are you, you know, how are you sort of feeling in the fact that you are so restricted? And what I think is kind of ironic is that you have a child, or in our case you've got two children under two, and already you feel restricted and that your life is sort of turned upside down and, you know, all the massive disruptor. And then on top of that you have COVID where you're being told you can't do certain things. So there's so much restriction going on. And, you know, understandably that's what has to happen happen for now and and that's what it is but it doesn't make it any easier I guess on your mindset like how are you sort of finding things from like a mental health perspective like thanks for asking isn't that a really good question that we don't ask Mm. even each other enough right Mm. like with all the stuff Mm. that we have going on how the bloody hell are you are you okay Mm. um so I will ask that in return of you shortly but (laughs) how am I doing I'm good like Mm. all things considered I've, you know, my kids are healthy, you know, this is really hard, but it's teaching us really good lessons. It's all relative, right, in terms of, you know, your mm. own personal situation and what, you, what you're dealing with. I don't know if you read um, the New York Times article on what they've termed as a medium ground between flourishing and depression. It's something called languishing. And I read that and I went, that's how I feel. Like it just feels Mm. like Groundhog Day a bit. I'm just like blah, like Mm. I'm just languishing. Mm. Like I'm just in this space of I'm not jumping out of my skin. I'm still energised. I still Mm. have stuff to um, add value in at work and, you know, I'm happy Mm. at home and all the rest of it, but I'm just a bit, you know, 
what is even life? It's <laughs> my favourite coined uh, yeah. statement that people hear me say all the time. <laughs> but, yeah, so, yeah, well, I'd encourage anyone to find that article. It really resonated mm-hmm. with me in terms of just normalising, you know, a feeling that I had. And it actually says in the article that we like to, mm-hmm. you know, give terms to feelings like depression or anxiety mm-hmm. or happiness or sadness or whatever it might be. And there mm-hmm. is this thing, this phenomena called languishing. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you're feeling like that definitely well worth a read and you can um, find it online. I'll add that to the episode notes, actually. That's a great one. Yeah, I'll have to have a, give that a bit of a read myself too. Um, yeah, no, that's really cool. I, I totally agree with you. And I think because we are such social people and, you know, we really look forward to our social outings. I mean, even just next weekend for the long weekend, um, Jules and I were going to have our first weekend away from the kids in over a year and we were going to go to Bray and stay there. So for everyone who doesn't know, Bray's a restaurant that's sort of in the country in the middle of nowhere um, and they've got it's a beautiful restaurant and they've also got accommodation there and so you know we'd booked that in what like months ago and it's just those little things that you have in your diary and particularly as mums it's not like you know back in the day live where every other weekend we're like what are we doing Thursday night what are we doing Friday night what are we doing Saturday night oh, <laughs> and it's dear. just like on repeat right like so and that kept you going now you wait six, eight weeks for that one social thing that's like a little bit next level, like staying the night away or something. And you so look forward to it that it often gets you through the week, you know, like, can you relate to that? (laughs) Completely, completely. And, you know, it's just this constant fear, right? The COVID's just going to come along and ruin all of our good, well-deserved plans. Like, Go away totally. now, mate. Go away. Yeah. We deserve. <laughs> We've had enough. We've had enough of you. Like, come We're on. We're on like version 4.0 version... now. Like, oh. okay. <laughs> but isn't it funny too? Like, if you think about it, like, first off, I mean, different experiences for everyone, but you know, mm. you locked down one. I think I was newly pregnant. You were heavily pregnant, about to have Charlie. I was probably relieved when the first lockdown came. Like I needed some respite. Like I was happy to clear my social calendar. But as we've progressed to, you know, lockdown 4.0, now it's just plain fear. Like that this is this new way of living and I'm Mm. fearful that this is going to keep happening until we can all be vaccinated Mm. and find some level of normality and can it just yeah. stop ruining my social calendar? Because I want—I've got a holiday yeah. booked in August, and I really want to go, and I want to celebrate your birthday and see all the girls in a few weeks. Then, yeah. exactly. Like, come on. Like- the little things and even you know on a much bigger scale I guess to those people out there who you know have had had to reschedule weddings twice now or you know I I know a friend of mine had a funeral booked and unfortunately you know that's not happening or whatever so those massive things I can only imagine yeah not working during lockdown not being able to put food on you know worried about how you're going to pay bills or pay the shopping bill like you know some of the things you see online in some of those mum community groups of people saying can you help me you know buy a tin of formula for my kid it breaks my heart like how are we in a world where you know this is something that really exists and is a real problem that we've just yeah we've got to find a solution um 
to really minimise the impact on so many families, you know, both in Victoria and Australia and internationally, right? Like it's a global issue. Oh, 100%. It's so crazy. One of the other questions that came through is how has lockdown impacted your relationship? So, Liv, any thoughts on that one? (laughs) Mark did ask me, he's like, are you going to talk about me? said of course darling but only nice things um do you know what probably the earlier lockdowns it was really challenging probably before I had Harry and I was still working full-time we had the real challenge around you know particularly when childcare was home and Tommy was at home we both had meetings at the same time or whose meeting was more important and I obviously always felt that my meeting was more important and he needed to look after Tommy and that was certainly not fair or accurate. Um, so we had a lot of, you know, needing to talk through that and work through strategies as to how we were going to best manage our day. But I look back at that now and go silver linings, you know, taught us a few new communication techniques and you know, probably some things that we needed to work through in terms of both of our careers and how we were going to balance that, which I think has set us up successfully for now having the two little bubbers and both working and doing our very best to do really good jobs in both of those things. But God, Mm. we spend an awful lot of time together. Mark's still actually working from home five days a week. So we spend every single minute of every single day together and we're still happily married. So I take that as a win too. Uh, And funnily enough, I'm looking at his workstation, which is 30 centimetres from my workstation. Uh, So that's the visual I'll give you all. You ask yourselves if you could do that with your husband. (laughs) Um, A true test, a true test, but, you know, Mm. making the most of it and trying to have some fun with it too. And, you know, Mm. thankful that he's home to help with bed and food and, you know, treasuring those special times that, you know, two years ago he wouldn't have been home with Harry mm. you know, or Tommy, let alone the last year. And you know, that's really mm. special, special time. So good for our relationship now, I would say, mm. and certainly for yeah. you and the boys' relationship. What have you found, Leigh? Mm. Yeah, I think just to that point, I think it's it's nice for, for Jules to understand what happens behind the scenes when he's at, not at home from like, you know, eight till seven or whatever it is. So I used to joke that I'm like, oh, you know, you do your 15 minutes of parenting, like between the time of like, you know, 6.45 and seven and you pop them into bed and you're like, cool, what's it for the dinner? Like, it's not that hard having kids, is it? Like <laughs> the weekend comes along. But, um, and because of, I've got a bit of flexibility in my job, I tend to sort of do a lot of the pickups from childcare and the, you know, getting everyone ready and all of that sort of stuff. Whereas now he's sort of seeing all of that because he's home all the time. And I think it's just good. Like, I mean, it means that you can juggle things a little bit more and there's probably a little bit more appreciation sometimes for all of the work that goes on behind the scenes because dishes don't just get cleaned and like food doesn't just get prepared and the kids just don't just randomly get washed and baths and cleaned and it doesn't, like the fairies don't come along to do all of that stuff. Are you having that conversation in your household that is really starting in our household about the mental load you know the coin turn the mental load and what we feel I think yeah lockdown COVID is certainly supporting that as a broader conversation too to perhaps Mm. even up the scales Mm. 
as far as just like the mental load of, okay, so I finished work, but I'm still, okay, so I've got to get the kids done. I've got to get, get the and then, food. And then, get yeah, the, the fridge is empty. I've got to start meal prepping and planning and what am I going to do? And then what are we going to do on the yeah. weekend so the kids are stimulated and learning and out of the house and, oh, we haven't seen that friend and we need to – when was the last time we called that person? And, you know, just – all of it, life administration, kid administration, yeah. family administration, bill, like everything. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot. And the other thing, I don't know, I miss, uh, so that's great from that perspective, having um, Jules around, he's, uh, you know, we're able to sort of divvy up the the tasks a little bit better. And I think there's a little bit more appreciation there too, which is which is good and nice and all of that. Um, but the one thing I do miss is actually just like reconvening at the end of the day, having gone your separate ways. And you're like, so how was your day? Who did you see? What did you, did you speak to? Now it's like, okay, so you've just been downstairs all day, just you know, smashing away on your keyboard with your earphones in. I know exactly what you've been doing. And actually, I've had enough of you. So. <laughs> and I've had enough of that annoying colleague that you talked to for an hour about <laughs> Super Mario Kart or whatever random, like, stupid office <laughs> water cooler conversation now happens on loudspeaker in our work closet. <laughs> <laughs> like actually though at all oh, it's just so hilarious because you yeah there's not that whole I missed you and how are you it's just like oh there you are again <laughs> I hadn't thought of it you like know. that yeah there's not the yeah, yeah. where you definitely have that removed um the greeting and I really missed you today I'm so happy to be home back in our family yeah. unit one thing that we did that was really good more recently was, well, because, I mean, I should speak for those who are living in smaller accommodation. So um, for everyone listening, I live in a sort of a small um, townhouse in, in South Yarra, so sort of inner city and it's certainly not sort of the big home and beautiful backyard that you have lived. And so I guess when you're confined in a small space as well, it kind of just amplifies that whole, I've had enough of you because <laughs> you're literally breathing down my neck piece because there's not many rooms to disappear into but one thing that we did do which was a game changer over the weekend um last weekend was we went to oh, we ordered online from Officeworks this fold-out table and so because we we're like how are we going to work we've got the one dining table and that's it like it's an open floor plan living space and upstairs is the boys room and a bathroom and that's our house so unless I'm operating from like the bathroom or my bed which often I do we are sitting at the dining table smashing away with kids circling us screaming and a nanny you know if we're lucky enough to have her that day sort of helping out and it's chaos right so um and then I escaped to the construction site when I can but that's kind of my life so anyway Jules went and bought this table and we've put it and it's a massive table and we're actually a bit worried that it wouldn't fit in our room but it does and so we set that up upstairs in our bedroom just on the end of our bed it like just fits uh, like we've got our little chair and we're like yay second you know second office space and it actually works and now I'm like oh I've got a bit of distance from you we're not sitting 30 centimeters apart I feel like this is going to be healthy for us too you know I'll be one room you'll be in another a bit more mystery in the relationship will evolve. <laughs> I'll see you at lunchtime like or I'll see you at afternoon downstairs. tea and yeah. that'll do see you when we cross paths oh, on the way to the loo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't have to listen to your conversations and all of that. So, hey, yeah, big tip to anyone listening who's in smaller accommodation. You just find those little nooks in your home that you think, you know, you can set yourself up in and um, Officeworks have great options there. So that's that's my recommendation. That's a really good tip. You just got to use... Make use of what you've got, huh? Yeah, exactly. One of the other questions that came through from our audience was, how are the boys going? And are they fighting much? Are they getting in each other's way? Has lockdown sort of impacted their relationship in any way? So, I mean, I guess with you, Liv, Harry's still quite little. So, I mean, what's the dynamic with the boys? Yeah, Probably much better answered by you, but, you know, Harry's still so, so little and thankfully Tommy's still going to childcare. So in many ways he gets his uh, escapism and socialisation on his three days that he's in care. Um, But, you know, it's funny, Tommy knows that mummy can't leave the house without a mask now and often is reminding me to pack my mask before (laughs) I leave the house. So it's things like that that, yeah, you can see how it's impacting them. What about yeah, your little yeah. munchkins? Because Charlie's now yeah. up on his feet and probably getting in Noah's way. Oh, so literally we have this thing where I said, it's actually um, after speaking to the child psychologist, which is one of the episodes, um, one of our earlier episodes in the podcast series on season one. So she had two younger kids and an older kid, right? So the two younger kids were twins and the older son. Now, often the twins would bother the older son. And so she made this thing where she said to him, okay, if the twins are bothering you, you need to call out mom, you know, so-and-so is bothering me or whatever, and I'll come straight to you and I'll, you know, and I'll get pulled twins away. So rather than push them over or tell them that you're, um, they're in your way or get all angry, just call out mum. So that's what I've sort of implemented with Noah and Charlie. So often Noah's sitting there quietly, like, you know, watching TV or whatever he's doing. And then, you know, Charlie will go up to him and try to pull at his feet or try to climb up on the chair or try to like bite Noah's leg and just all the stuff that they do. <laughs> so often Noah's like, mum, and his new thing is, mum, Charlie's bothering me. And then I'll be like, one second and I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, washing dishes. So I like pull my gloves off and I like sprint over. And fortunately, Noah sort of understands that he can sit there for the, about three seconds while I race over and he doesn't push Charlie and he just waits. And I pick Charlie up and I put him on the other side of the room or you get him to play with some toys on the other side of the room. And that seems to work. So that's a bit of a hot tip and something to maybe consider live with your boys. Um, you know, cause it's so the automatic response is, uh, the little one, you know, or vice versa is bothering me. They're jumping on me. They're climbing on me. They're pulling my hair. They're doing something. I'm going to push them back. And particularly when you've got a toddler and then a much smaller child, you know, them pushing, you know, Noah pushing Charlie could cause him to hit his head on the ground. You know, it could cause injury, right? It's actually just from a risk perspective too, that this technique seems to be working. So yeah, get get on that one when the time comes. Great (laughs) tip. I can already see Tommy, you know, Harry will just touch him with his failing, you know, flailing arms everywhere. And Tommy will like throw himself backwards. Like, Harry, hit me. I think he's a drama queen, uh, a lot like his mother, the young Thomas McPhee. So, yeah, we're definitely going to need some uh, structured intervention around some of those behaviours sooner rather than later as Harry starts to get a little bit more mobile. 
Oh, absolutely. It's, Good tip. it's not easy. And then natural reaction is just to be aggressive back and stuff. So if we can sort of help man- help them regulate their emotions in one way or another by, you know, jumping in and intervening when we can, um, yeah, that's that's helpful. But other than that, like we've got Noah in childcare three days a week, so he's able to socialise in that way. Um, we transitioned Charlie more recently into ch- childcare. So he's done uh, one week he did one day and then we progressed to two days last week. Um, and that seems to be going well. I think we'll stick to two days for a little while and then we'll potentially get him to the three days that Noah does too. Um, but when he's not in childcare, he, we've got the nanny. Um, so that's super helpful too. Um, what are you thinking with your little boys, like with, with Harry in particular? Cause obviously I, I, like he's home with you the whole time. How are you juggling that with work and everything? I'm not. I'm definitely not. Yeah. And it took that reflection um, probably last week and yeah. I hit send on the email to the childcare centre saying it's time for Harry mm. to come and, you know, so yeah. much mum guilt with that because yeah. I still feel he's so little. I mean, he'll be five months in two weeks' time. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I'm counting down because yeah. in my head I'm yeah. thinking I feel more comfortable if he's five mm. months because originally yeah. I had said six months. So I'm getting yeah. a bit closer to that. But, you know, mm-hmm. for me, yeah, to keep everything intact and, you know, I love my job. It's my decision to go mm. back work. Um, you yeah. know, I get so much value out of being back at work I want to be there but um, I need a bit more time for my team too like I feel really bad when Harry pops up in every single one of their meetings and you know it's it's time with them that's interrupted and I'm not getting really good consistent blocks of you know time to get some important stuff down so Mm. yeah he will go uh next week is uh the the first day so we're starting with one day and a second day he has with mum or mark works a nine-day fortnight at the moment um so i'll have two days where i have no kids and the remaining day and a half sometimes two i'll uh do the juggle so i feel like that's a lot more Mm. balanced and we'll do that for probably six weeks and then i'll up him to two days so we have a solution I needed I needed that solution and you know I've discussed nannies with you before Mm -hmm. too because I know that's been a great solution for you um in the past and I don't know if you've got any insight that you can share with your audience about where you've got to in your decision making around that yeah, look, the, the reason why nannies worked for us as well is because, as you just said, that flexibility. I've got flexibility in my job. And so because, honestly, if you look from a cost perspective, having a full day of childcare versus having a full day of nanny, childcare is cheaper, right? Even if you've yeah. got a nanny yep. for $20, $20 an hour, they come at 7.30 in the morning. If they're finishing at, you know, 6.30 at night, that adds up to be more expensive than than um, childcare. For me, I actually, I'm an early birder as you know. So like me being out, I leave the house at like six in the morning. So Jules does the morning shift. Nanny comes by 7.30. I'm back by three o'clock in the afternoon. So when you factor all, so for me, I was like, oh, it's much of a muchness kind of thing when I was doing the math. And then I thought, given that Charlie's young, um, you know, we'll go with that option and we'll get, you know, Noah into childcare. He actually only started when he was two years old, but I think that's probably a bit because of COVID and lockdowns and stuff Mm. like that that just didn't make Mm. sense to starting it any earlier. I think the benefit of a nanny um, 
is that obviously they can do the sleep routine, you know, that the child's sleeping in their bed, they're having the, they're in a familiar environment, you know, and particularly when they're so young, they don't know much difference. So it's a pretty, yeah, pretty chill gig actually for the nanny when they're with a really young <laughs> child because it's just like go for a walk and then pop them in bed. And that is if you get an easy child because I can imagine there's probably some yeah. difficult children as well. But um, but then part of me, when Charlie hit the one-year-old mark, um, I just went, you know what, I'm feeling like there's so only so much, so many books she can read him. He needs more stimulation. And, you know, I was very against childcare. Well, not against it. I just, I wasn't into it personally um with and I thought oh we'll just have nannies till the kids are three and then we'll do early learning um but then you know I got to an age where yeah like with Noah I was like wow he needs friends like he would go to the park and a a kid would run up to him and he'd just run in the opposite direction like he was scared of people and I think lockdown probably didn't help that either so I was like Jesus I need my kids to sort of socialize a little bit more so we hit that point with Charlie too where I was like okay no you're ready I think you know you're exploring you're wanting to get into things I think um you'll really benefit from being around other children and you know just doing random activities and things like that so Pros and cons, but the con I'd say about nannies, and we've had fantastic nannies and we still do and they're great. Um, one of the hardest bits is actually finding a good nanny, I guess, and someone you can trust and someone because they're in your house, they're with your child, your most precious possession. Um, mm. You want to know that it's someone you can trust. Um but then, and I was fortunate that I had some friends of friends who were able to sort of link me up with some really great people. The one thing I find, which is so silly though, is that the night before the nanny comes, I'm like running around. I'm like, we're going to clean the house. We're going to, uh, you know, I was like, get all, you know, um, you know, empty the nappy bin. You know, you just want, um, that's probably just a me thing. I'm like, if people are coming over, like, like actually, I get it. I get like, it. Like, and even the morning she's that she's coming, I'm like, you know, just quickly putting things away. And I'm like, I want my house to be presentable. And when they go to childcare, I don't have to worry about any of that. I'm like, yep, cool. Adios, kids. You know, have fun. And that's the end of it. So I could go back to my messy house. So <laughs> that's probably pros and cons. Um, what? Why didn't you sort of go down the nanny route, do you think? It was just too hard. Yeah. Like I just felt like my bucket was overflowing and I did speak with a couple of people who suggested a few names, Uh, but then I just felt, God, childcare is around the corner. We had a great experience from seven months with Tom. They know what they're doing. I won't, you know, that's probably been another thing around lockdown. You know, I was sending Mm. Tom to childcare from 7am to, God, 5.36. Like, we will never do that again. You know, I will drop both of them at 8.30, work from, one of us will work from home. You know, this is imagining, you know, COVID normal or whatever world we end up living in in another, you know, 18 months, whatever the time period may be. You know, Mm. there's certainly perspective given around what's right for the kids and uh, I want them to have a bit more home time and yeah go to childcare at 8 8 30 be picked up come home have dinner and and be settled and the other thing I was worried about illness but then I thought god Tommy's bringing home everything into the (laughs) the house anyway so what have I got to lose And, and cost did come into it too like I had to really weigh all of that up so they were probably the three things um that got me across the line 
Yeah, the illness is a big one because I think that was, no, that definitely was one of the hesitations I had in sending Noah in general. Initially, I was like, uh, all the other kids who go to childcare have runny noses all the time. And now I've got the kids that have the runny noses constantly. And I'm just like, yep, they're with me. I think the other thing is we're, we're very fortunate because they're so little. I don't think they really understand what's going on from a lockdown perspective because no. you've got to wonder with the kids that do understand that there are a lot of tough conversations parents are having to have which would be a hard one to navigate. Yeah, yeah. mid last year, I was really feeling for a lot of the kids, particularly in New South Wales, who had just come off the back of bushfires. Now there was this invisible kind of enemy coming to get them. And I just thought, what trauma these little kids who know enough about what's going on in the world must be feeling. Like it's, Mm. it's really scary. And even some, you know, some other little kids that I know around, you know, going back to school and social anxiety has become a real thing for them. Mm. Um, And, you know, re-socialising and rebuilding their confidence. Yeah. There's going to be some real systemic issues and other mental health issues for some of our younger generations. I think it's, um, yeah, it's really scary. It is scary. Uh, finishing on a lighter note. So one of the uh, questions that we had, our final question that we'll answer is some of, how are you keeping your kids entertained when you're locked indoors and uh, there is no childcare or anything going on? So that just reminded me of the other day and it's the worst when it rains because when it rains, I'm like, mate, okay, we're like in lockdown already. You got to give me some sunshine. Like I need to be able to walk these kids to a park. And if it rains, I'm like, what the, like, I'm literally like Jules open a bottle of wine. Now I don't care what time it is. (laughs) I'm like, okay, TV. But the thing with TV is that Noah's not one to sit there and watch TV like endlessly. And often what he'll do is, uh, and I'll be flicking through via YouTube on our TV. Um, so he'll watch a bit of you know, a couple of Greek shows and then he'll watch Peppa Pig and then, you know, and he likes to flip back and forth between all these shows. Um, but then, so it's literally like, I'll put on Peppa Pig and like within two and a half minutes, he's like, mom, next. And I'm like, oh my God, he's so nice. <laughs> just like his mother. <laughs> I love just it. Like his mother. Everyone listening, I'm the most patient person going around. So I'm like, cool. He's like, oh, there's Thomas in Greek. I'm like, okay, put it Thomas in Greek. Mom, Charlie's bothering me. Okay. All right. Move Charlie. 30 seconds. Like, mom, next one. I'm like, can you just watch Thomas in Greek for 10 more minutes? Because mom just wants to sit down and answer an email. Mom, uh, no, no. Uh, and then there's that whole like, no, I'll discipline. I'll teach you. And then like you give in after like one minute of them crying. Cause you're like, but I just can't handle this anymore. And it's literally like this whole, that is my whole afternoon. I feel like when they've woken up from their nap and it's raining outside and I'm just doing the countdown till bedtime and mom, next mom, Charlie's bothering me. And then Charlie. Uh, I feel ya. I feel ya. Himself. It's just a mess. Like, what do you do to keep them entertained? Do you know where I've taken my most recent inspiration from? <laughs> Bluey. Have you got into Bluey? I highly recommend everyone needs to get around Bluey. Okay. So the games that the little puppy dogs, Bluey and Bingo, uh, play with their mum and dad in the Bluey show is where we start to take our inspiration from. So Keepy Uppy, great game. Tommy loves balloons. So Keepy Uppy is all about uh, 
keeping the balloon off the ground. So that keeps Tom entertained for a good 10 minutes and lots of happiness. There's floor is lava, which I don't really recommend because your couch gets ruined and, oh. yes, high risk for accidents. <laughs> Look, we've had everything from, like, activity stations in different rooms to oh, wow, if good. you see something on Play School or Bluey or Pepper or whatever yeah. you want to yeah. do, you can do it, mate. Like, happy day. Like whatever keeps you quiet. Uh, we're lucky. Tommy loves television and, you know, I've just given up and yeah. we're not limiting screen time at the moment, yeah. like survival. And thankfully he will sit through a whole Madagascar quite happily. Oh, really? So I'm, I am, I count myself very, very lucky, I've got to say. Yeah. Don't know if that's good for his brain or his development, but it's great for my sanity. So... You to take some of the wins where you can. So, oh, you know <laughs> Bluey, what? that's Total the tip. Spot. Okay, I'm going to get him onto it. He's got these. <laughs> he's already got like bluey shoes and stuff, and he kind of believe like he got, carries on like he knows what bluey is, but I don't think he even realizes that it's a TV show. So we haven't quite migrated to the TV show, but we'll get you on. You will it, love I it too. Like. You will love it yeah. too. It is, it is okay. made for the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I wonder if they have blue in Greek. Maybe that's what I like to always. Oh, and for a tip out there for um, parents and particularly those who are maybe like, you know, looking to teach their child another language as well, or if, you know, I'm half Greek, so we speak a bit of Greek in our family, um, going onto YouTube and like Googling, like I do, like Peppa Pig in Greek, right? And so then, you know, again, he'll watch it for 30 seconds. Then he's like, next, but at least that's 30 <laughs> seconds. That, like he's listening to a different language. So I might do the whole bluey thing, bluey in Greek, and see what I could sort of um, wrangle together. I think we should end on the note, good luck. Thank you, Liv. Good luck for the rest good of luck. your lockdown time. <laughs> you too, you too. I'm really hopeful that this is, we're nearing nearing the end. We've come so far. You know, everyone's doing the right thing, huh? So with that, you know, attitude, we're going to get through it, as we always Definitely. do. Exactly. And to all the other mums out there experiencing a similar thing, we feel you and we hear you and um, just keep doing what you're doing. Drink wine. Drink wine. Drink wine. Hashtag survival. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Liv. It is. See you, girl. Bye. Good Bye. luck, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and give us five stars if you're feeling fancy. By subscribing to the podcast, every new episode will drop into your podcast library each week. Subscribing is also such an essential way for people to find us and to enable us to grow. Want to be part of the Mum Life community? Join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Mum Life Podcast. Until next time, keep living your best mum life. <laughs>